Welcome to the Next Door Neighbors podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things neighborly. Here are your hosts, Alex and Irina Mazukin. Monster, huh? Yeah, I thought I needed to get a, not a pick-me-up, I wasn't down, but I just wanted to be primed for this episode. Primed, huh? It's a very important episode. What's the logic with Monster versus Red Bull or other energy drinks? More caffeine. There's more, ca- more caffeine. More caffeine. They're both. I both drink zero sugar, but they they. I actually prefer Red Bull taste. But, Me too. I think if I had to choose. Yeah, but that stuff has. I, I think I looked it up. It has like almost a hundred. I think milligrams more. Of caffeine. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think Red Bull's only like ninety milligrams or something like that, and then uh, Monsters are like. 200. I can't remember the last time I had a Red Bull or an energy drink. It's it, been a long time. It's not my choice. I'm proud to say. And I know they're not good for you. Now, I, my only debate is, not debate, but only put myself at ease is there's zero sugar, so I'm not worried about that, but all the chemicals are in there. What if you just did like an espresso? Well, that doesn't, it doesn't do much. I, in my in the ideal world, I really like cold brews and like uh, I, I, uh, iced Americanos mm-hmm. with extra, loaded up with as many shots as you need it. And I think that's effective. And in fact, your body actually utilizes that caffeine far better than energy drinks. Like mm-hmm. I think L-theanine or what? Not L-theanine. Uh, oh, taurine. I think taurine. So is, tar. It's yeah. It's just <laughs> it's tar. tar. If you're eating road tar, um, <laughs> but essentially that's the stuff that your body is trying to uh, break down or tell itself that this is caffeine. Or like just get um, like can't you get those like cans like of just espresso shots and like buy a bunch of them and keep them in the fridge that I'll way have to try it drink. i know there's a drink from i think black rifle makes it it's called it's, it has like 300 milligrams of sugar or not sugar three that'll, <laughs> that'll kill you uh 300 milligrams of caffeine and i've had i think it's called the triple shot and uh the, the unfortunate part the only ones i've had were like flavored stuff like oh, vanilla or whatever just like pure if they have like a just a a cold brew thing mm-hmm. like that, I would yeah, I'd get. Oh, you can buy cold brew, like a big thing of it, and then just like pour yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, could, you buy, yeah. could you buy? Could you buy? By the way, have you noticed how less coffee I drink lately, especially like Starbucks? Is this intentional? Um, I don't think it was that intentional. <laughs> it, it started. I've noticed you. It. I don't have like from, iced coffee ever anymore. But by the way, when we first got married, you were wild when trying to recreate iced coffee at home yeah you were because i love iced coffee and so you bought all the you would you'd make it you keep it in the jar put it in the refrigerator and then you never bu- drink it you <laughs> bought even in this house i don't know why you did it but you bought uh an, oh it's the last house you bought the cold brew uh jug that like supposedly you put the the it's like a thermos oh no thing. somebody sent that to me oh okay um, I was like, you're taking this whole like pursuit no, while I tried. not doing yeah. it. While not so. doing it. While not drinking it. No, you know what it was? I drink my coffee now um, without creamer. And I think because I now try to intermittent fast, I can't have my like regular 12 o'clock coffee. Oh, because you have, to add, you have to add because creamer. Because I need to, yeah. Because I can't have... I guess I could try the iced coffee without creamer, but I think I just don't think about it anymore because I have my like cup of coffee, my one, two shots mm-hmm. of espresso. I put the, um, what is it called? The powder that's supposed to help with acidity of your coffee. Okay. Which uh, I do feel like it really helps. You feel like you're complaining less about, you know, stomach, stomach issues and stuff like that. Two episodes I love in a row. Our kids. <laughs> Summer, Summer vacation. Uh, so, frankly, I am surprised. Like podcasting is still up and running with the summer breaks well it has to if we if we no i just mean like yeah our kids are crazy mm-hmm. our kids are crazy should i shut down my youtube channel for summer break yeah how would you like summer that vacation. sorry guys dad's I'll not be, paying the I'll mortgage see you guys in the fall <laughs> So, yeah, uh, but so you're strictly not drinking coffee because the you can't intermittent fast I, while having the creamer, obviously, right? I think right? so, but I, I, I wonder if because now I am drinking it without the creamer, I'd never, I mean, I just did oat milk. It wasn't really creamer, but I, and I, I, I put the powder that's um, supposed to alkali- 
alkalize. Is mm-hmm. that the right word? That's the word. Yeah, alkalize. The coffee, so it's not so acidic. I wonder if it has anything to do with like maybe it's all in my head, but I almost feel like I don't crave the coffee as much as I used to, or the caffeine. Really? You know what? Also, might be the electrolytes I'm taking. I wonder if that helps. I just feel like my energy. I don't get that like craving for coffee anymore. I don't have craving for coffee, but I have a craving to wake up. More caffeine. Well, yeah, to ramp up. Like Mm -hmm. I, so I wake up in in the morning and. I don't like that I don't have, I'm not alert. I've and been so noticing. I drink it to become alert. Yes. Well, I've been noticing that I actually don't need coffee right away either. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? I feel like you're trying to hmm. trying to t- tell me something that, uh, are you trying you're to become like. to coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, so, I will ahead. say I feel, I personally okay. feel like. Point of personal pr- privilege. I, I take uh, electrolyte mix so it's doesn't have any sugar in it though because be careful people out there a lot of these electrolyte powder powder packets actually have a lot of sugar in them like liquid iv <laughs> yes is that one of them they're not a sponsor so it's fine <laughs> Do, so yes liquid iv has a lot of sugar s- in well, it you, 10 milligrams 10 milligrams is not okay, a lot but of if you can have zero sugar wouldn't you rather do yeah that? but then we have like sugar in the evening but but i drink my electrolyte mix in the morning so it doesn't break my fast oh okay so i drink that and it has zero sugar it's potassium magnesium there's sodium. one more sodium sodium potassium, and it's like got that like salt salty kind of a little bit of a salty taste or a lot i guess but you get used to it i wonder if that helps me because i really feel like that i feel energized almost from that and then i'll have my cup of coffee like later a little bit later I'm the complete opposite. I want to get stimulated and like awake and alert as soon as I wake up so I can be productive. And then by the time I'm done working out, all that stuff, and I get to building, I need something to pick me up to mm-hmm. and kind of sustain me. Um, it's almost like you drain all your energy and you have to like. No, I don't need again. to do that. Like I don't get the midday like lull because I. Your go, go, my, go. My, my fasts are a lot longer than yours. I, I Excuse me? I just. Two o'clock. Two, yeah, and I, I still just haven't, had some I haven't eaten uh, nuts. Anything. That's it. I didn't, haven't eaten anything. Well, I also start my fast earlier than you. <laughs> you start your fast earlier than me? What do you mean? Like at night, I start oh, eating like before you. Oh, like when you start eating, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's fine, you know. But so I'm just saying. I and so I don't have that lull, but I do need some kind of like if we are recording, I I for my for energy sake because I'm I'm constantly running around. So if I sit down yeah, for an hour, you'll feel it. I'm gonna start losing my energy. Feel that. Feel that. I feel that. And the sun now is draining you. Hey, guys, want to thank the sponsors of today's episode, Flex Seal. This year will be a busy storm season, according to all the experts. It's time to get busy preparing to repair and protect. Here's a great way to get started. Get your hands on a Flex Seal storm kit. There are several to choose from. Just choose the kit that matches the needs of your home, most vulnerable areas, then simply apply the high performance power of Flex Seal wherever you need a strong barrier against strong wind and rain. I use FlexSeal to help me protect what matters the most during and after the storm. I use FlexSeal Black in my basement to shore up any areas vulnerable to water intrusion during strong wind and rain. And a couple of years ago, I used a 12-inch wide version of Flex Tape to patch the hole in my roof caused by a tree branch. When the storm's clear, I inspect my home inside and out for any damages. And in most cases where there is damage, it's an easy fix for FlexSeal. So here's what you're going to do. Get prepared to repair and protect with the power of FlexSeal family of products and any of their FlexSeal storm kits. Find them all at FlexSealProducts.com. Now, let's get back into this episode. So there's, um, I'm, I'm reading this book right now, um, Catching Fire. And uh, who's that? Who's it by? I'll have to look it up. Anywho, he's talking about like he's talking about different civilizations uh, that existed before us, um, like the Mayans, the the Romans, certain traditions they had, like like psychedelic experiences. But then he started like that's like the beginning. His whole point of the book is how to get into the zone, like a workflow zone, like of concentration and like inspiration and that mm-hmm. kind of thing, like the zone, the groove. And so he he explained that that the zone. He he opened up the chapter comparing special forces, Navy SEALs, how they'll be in packs of, you know, eight. And they when they walk into a room, each person is not only a leader, but every person is also a follower. 
So if one person looks left, you're supposed to look right, but you don't think about it. You just, you're in a state of flow. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows what they're doing and it's just all happening. And it's just like you're in this nirvana state of l no communication, but everybody is, is, is flowing through. Hmm. And so that's what he's calling as that's the whole point of this book is that place, like how to be in that place. Um, it, it's kind of like maybe even you're skiing and when you hit the right thing, you're just your body's just moving and grooving and you're not thinking it's just happening. So mm -hmm. that is the, basically the whole premise of this book. But he takes analogies and examples from either earlier civilizations and then he goes into what tech gurus do to like uh, what they people go into like a, a, a burning man, mm -hmm. the, that, that place in uh, California, the uh, Joshua tree. I think, no, it's in Utah, I think. Uh, anyway, but in, then meditation or all these different things that are bringing you into a state of, that can get you to the place of uh, focus mm -hmm. and flow. And the flow state. The flow state. But what was interesting is why am I triggering it about this coffee situation? He said since the beginning of time, humans have always uh, found some kind of um, uh, escape to an augmented uh, uh, consciousness. So we always think like augmented consciousness is like you took a psychedelic drug um, and you're, you're in that different realm. But what he's saying is we've always done it, whether it's from drinking coffee to get a, stimulate, uh, a, a, a stimulating uh, feeling of mm -hmm. like alertness and focus, uh, or it's the high that you get to from working out, which you and I have spoken about before, where like if you can't think straight, go work out, and then you'll have a different perspective towards mm -hmm. things. It's We're constantly uh, are always going into, through the beginning of time, into altered state, states of consciousness in order to be more creative, not to get a high from things, not to not like a drug druggy consumption thing, but to alter the state of our consciousness. So he's talking about like Elon Musk went to Burning Man and took psychedelics. He's talking about Tim Cook, uh, uh, the the CEO of, of Apple, mm -hmm. uh, took psychedelic mushrooms. He's talking about how there are certain people in previous generations who would go Kundalini yoga, another one where they're like they're hyperventilating themselves to get them into altered state of consciousness. And actually it was interesting because then it also applied to why there's like a charismatic movement of like, like Pentecostals and stuff like that, where people have this awe moment in this setting and it's an alter state of consciousness. He was also even talking about how animals, and he did this list of animals, how they'll consume, con like intentionally consume a certain uh, thing in their food pyramid group. So like dolphins will eat uh, one of the, like a puffer fish or something like that. And then um, bears will eat some, some kind of leaf and uh, all these animals he's breaking down, they, they will consume these psychedelic things. And they're saying they do that when they're in a rut and mm -hmm. they, not in a rut like mating, but they're in a rut like they're, they're constantly doing the same thing over and over and they can't, like they can't find food or whatever. Uh, to get them to look for a different perspective of things, hmm. and so how so, do they how do they know that? How well, do they I, research it, that. Uh, I don't know biologists. I don't know how they do it, but they, so monkeys have a certain thing they to get them into this other to put their mind into this alter state of consciousness to look at a thing from a different perspective. Right, and so that's why he's saying that like even these CEOs are taking these psychedelic uh, trips, and uh, because when you're in a funk you have to look at things from a different perspective. That's why meditation is one of those things where you slow yourself down and you look, you force your body to be in a position where you can look things at a different angle. Um, he used this great analogy. He says, if, if you only have a hammer, then every problem you're going to find, you're going to look at it as a nail. Um, mm. But if you can get yourself to look at that hammer and Jimmy rig that hammer to also be a different kind of tool, then you're constantly looking for solutions. So it was, it was, it's a wild perspective. That's super interesting. It's very interesting. And it made sense because culturally, because if we never mention about the coffee and everything else, and just say that people took mushrooms or they did Kundalini yoga, or they went and starved themselves uh, for 30 days and 30 nights, or been in a desert to get themselves in a psychedelic trance, or that's one thing you're like, Oh, that's, it's a hippie thing. But then but even coffee you and working see, out. you're seeing the application to to where we are right now. They, we are always going towards altered states, states of consciousness 
to be able to be more creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think was, a lot of it is also like chasing that feeling. Uh, chasing the feeling the for high. sure. Chasing yeah. the high for sure. But I think that what this book is, he was more directing it towards um, using all these examples like tech gurus in Silicon Valley. He's saying that it's almost becoming like a, a, a benefit to put on your resume if you you know if you're a, a coder at Silicon Valley. Burning Man. If if you write on the thing that you 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 frequent visit Burning Man, and he was talking about like the 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 huge CEOs who they had this huge transformation from um, having those kind of life altering events. Um, Interesting. So, yeah. I guess if you can are continuing this continuing in this cycle of just the same thing, how do you change that? Right. You've got to have something else. That's ex- that's exactly the perspective he's talking about. And I think it made it easier for me to understand why. I always kind of wonder. I was like, how are they constantly like, remember when the iPhone first came out and you're like, or the first cell phone came out. You're like, this thing's ginormous. Mm-hmm. And then you flip it now to today and you're like, this thing is smaller than a deck of cards, right? And then they're constantly creating it smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah, and, and, and so changing. if you have a bunch of tech companies out there who are competing in the same space, Samsung, actually, he's actually talking about how Nike would take their 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 employees on some kind of like a psychedelic retreats to get them to look to because you have to be so, so competitive so in the tech space. Somebody can come up with an idea that's yes. different yes. and going to change their exactly yeah. perspective. It was, perspective it was, it was and their company. And then it kind of made sense why I make sure to religiously like work out every day. Uh, before work or why I like to like that whole coffee stimulant is because without it, I feel like I'm in a rut and I can't think through a project yes. or an idea. But when I'm kind of stimulated by all these things, it's then I can say, okay, well, we can approach it through this. We can approach it through that. Or even like a, a glass of like whiskey. Like to me, I would say like I am more productive, not more productive. I'm more productive than a lot of people if I have like a whiskey, like I'm answering emails, mm-hmm. not that I'm day drinking, I'm not, but let's say when the day is done and I took a shower and I'm clean up and I'm watching like YouTube videos and I'll have a cocktail, I, ideas start flowing versus other people, they become like, crazy. well, not crazy, they become uh, stagnant maybe, mm-hmm. or, or they don't want to, that's why, isn't it funny how you would unwind at the end of the day and I'll unwind at the end of the day. And then all of a sudden I have ideas spilling and I go, hey, we should do this tomorrow. I know, and I'm like, and I don't want to hear it. <laughs> and you're, I literally just want to relax right now. And I'm like firing ideas that we need to do this, we need to do that. Can you, what if we did this? And, and so the, the morning comes, you're like, I don't want, yeah. what, I don't know what you what said yesterday. About? Yeah. It's almost like you, ha- you need to get out of your own way. Absolutely, absolutely. And whatever it is, yeah. And working do. out does that and intermittent yeah. fasting does mm-hmm. that. If all I, of these like little subtle things. If I eat, you know, and I don't up. fast, I, you know, lunchtime, I feel heavy. Mm-hmm. And if I feel heavy, I want to go take a nap. Right. You, yeah, I don't feel that anymore because like, I don't eat till yeah. two. So you don't get that two o'clock. Uh, what do they call it? The, that lull during the day mm-hmm. when you feel tired and it's what something, is it called? The it's two some, o'clock. There's a name for it. Um, do you know what it is? I can't remember. It's a, yeah. They used to talk about a lot with like the nine to five. The nine to five work. after lunch. Yeah. yeah. The productivity. They actually say that they did a study in terms of productivity that the most, the most productivity that happens in a workplace happens in like three hours or in the, the course first, of eight. Yeah. I want to say in the first, yeah. Between eight and like 12. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So I wonder if they'll ever change those like work hours for people. I know they're trying to go more towards a four day week. Work week. Are they? That's something that, yeah, people are trying to, um, which I know companies have already have already do that, especially remote. But I have heard, yeah, a lot of even bigger companies are trying to work towards that because it seems like it's uh, very efficient in other countries. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's absolutely. I It's wild to see the transition that's happening. First, everybody went to remote, remote from home. Mm-hmm. And then because of the, the, the pandemic, and then now you see half of the companies are like, hey, everybody's productive. We don't have to spend as much money on, on a building and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then you see the other side of things where it's like Apple um, and Tesla, they're, they're requiring their people to come back. Right. It's and, kind of, and, and there's a back, back and you kind of makes you go, why? I know. But I think it's because, and he kind of covers this in this book a little bit, how he was breaking down these these uh, numbers of when employers invest into their employees and they'll do things like uh, put on 
uh, you know, take them to conferences where there's a motivational speaker um, who maybe accomplished something great. That stimulates that employee to kind of set the bar higher or per, mm. per, you get motivated from it. So in, you're essentially investing in your employees versus I think the fear is when people work from home, yes, their quality of life improves and mental health improves, but the drive and creativity, I think, decreases on the employer's side of things in terms of productivity. Hmm. I guess, yeah, I never thought about it that way because you always hear from the actual employees who are working at home that are loving it, Correct. the remote work. But I wonder if the employers are expecting a certain level of, yeah, like creativity or like Correct. motivation mm-hmm. and it's not as much there anymore. Or, the, or and, and so this is kind of circling back, you know, the whole looking, looking at problems from a different perspective, that drive of creativity is usually within a particular workplace environment, right? You have um, meetings after meetings, groups after groups of people who are pushing the other people to kind of keep them accountable. And even a little bit of like that competitive side Mm -hmm. where you're like, well, that person's like excelling really well. I want to do that too. But when you're not seeing it, it would be interesting to see if there is any kind of research that's showing that people aren't working towards a higher level of um like in their job their potential is that what you're saying yeah well i mean there has to be because you have productivity numbers that's why they do annual reviews yeah they do any annual reviews well hey last year you sold x um to this year you're a little bit low what's the reason so do you feel like it's then strictly for motivation, these companies that are trying to get their employees back into office I think they're spaces? trying to cre- I think those spaces create an ecosystem of a drive and they want to maintain it. Correct. So imagine this. Imagine you live and you always kind of hear this when you're in New York. New York is so busy constantly 24/7 that you can't be there and not be striving towards something. You're, especially right. how expensive, expensive it is to everybody live there. Everybody feels that buzz. There's a buzz. Uh, there's the same buzz in LA where everybody's struggling trying to make something of themselves, mm-hmm. right? But then now you take that same person in this drive, drive, drive mentality and you put them work, working remote on, in a beach in, in Hawaii. Chances are that person's gonna make their life more healthy, but there's not gonna be as much drive for anything because you're just kind of living the paradise mindset. Interesting. I wonder if it's also more single people that are willing to like go back to the work actual office space because it seems like the the friends I know who have families mm-hmm. would love to stay remote in their in their positions because mm-hmm. they like the flexibility with like children and be you're like home more. It would be it, interesting to see because i so i my brother mm-hmm. is going back to seattle for work um because they're having everybody come back and it's a big company yeah so it's interesting yeah for single people i think it's and easy. i can only assume it well everybody's different and you don't want to generalize but i would imagine that if you are living by yourself and you know you don't have kids or a spouse there's times that when you're at home you might get some loneliness, right? And especially now that you also work from home. And so you're constantly at home. And so I think by having a workplace to go to, you have uh, interactions that are with other people. Now you have social aspects of it. The people you maybe go get lunch with. The people who have, you have workplace humor and, you know, stuff like that. Those are, Mm -hmm. those are, and then when you come get off work and go home, it's nice. You're unwinding for the last couple hours of the evening. And then maybe after that, you'll go, cocktails with drinks or something like that with your friends that's what i would imagine being a single person in the is city that what kind of you want that's such is a, that your dream that's a sucks in the city he's like man. this is what i would do if i, I was if, single if i was samantha <laughs> right now i would go out with the cocktails with the girls <laughs> yeah it's so, very interesting to see how much it's all changed since covid yeah yeah it's uh i mean it covid was a wild thing where because it hit the entire world it it, it started redefining a cultural shifts mm-hmm. you know it's before we i think before we always thought this is how things are and they that's just normal 
um, because since we were born, that's what <clears throat> things were. I think after COVID, it made us question absolutely everything. everything. It made us question authority. It made us question science. It made us question, well, depending which side of the coin you fall on, but, but then also made us question what's important what's not you know priorities shifted yeah health people, people started taking health more i'm sure there's a number out there of how many people post the pan pandemic started improving their quality of life so i have noticed and i don't know if it's because we've been talking a lot about wellness and health mm -hmm. just between you and i we've we're more into it i i feel like i've noticed this a little bit of a shift in our culture at least from what i've seen on social media mostly social media <laughs> there it feels like there is this uh, shift in people trying to be he healthy again and this like wellness i don't know if it's just people are getting more educated about it with all these podcasts we're hearing what do you think i think it's a little bit of both because i think podcasting is that speaker that people are you know receiving and then you have like a well-educated person in that field and you're like correct Whoa. correct and and the thing about podcasts specifically certain podcasts who have scientists on mm -hmm. and they're long format of things where people can present data they're not a six minute you know three minute talking head debate on cnn with just sound bites that they're trying to clip you know, with controversial topics, they're actual long formatted, sit down, show the data, explain the data. And then you, you know, you, you, you start challenging it and then you see where the cream rises to the top. And then, so because a lot of people are consuming podcasts, I think you're, they're seeing the results. They're, they're, they're hearing doctors talk about how, and again, not to be the dead horse for the pandemic, but how important your health is when there is a, a novel virus out there, mm -hmm. your chances are significantly better. They're not absent, but they're significantly better of, of beating things like that than not, you know? So interesting. I just, but definitely I, I agree. I think, I think people are taking their health. It's almost like there's a more explosive. awareness of it than we had experienced before. And I think partly you're right. It's COVID. And then part of it is just, we're hearing more people, talking about these issues like not like wellness health like we listen to plastics like things that are coming up that you're like whoa i had no idea these like harmful effects on your body mm -hmm. and even just like you were saying meditating right were you saying that recently i was talking here? about oh, meditation that was <laughs> last night i was talking about meditation yeah just like overall health not even just fitness and like eating like just your overall what do we always uh, say it's maximizing optimizing, optimizing yourself. human yourself. optimization yeah it's what were, was there a point that you were going towards before, <laughs> no before i interrupt i didn't want to i didn't want to cut you cut you off no i think i was just saying it's just very interesting that i have noticed mm -hmm. this shift in people being more aware and recognizing how important it is. We are, and I've, I was thinking about this the other day, we're, we're living in the information uh, era right mm -hmm. now where you look at our parents pre, in, anything pre-internet. Internet came out 96? It was like 80, late 80s, 90s. <laughs> Kyle's going to Google it. I think it was like early, but nobody used it. Nobody used it. And, and nobody had the idea of the, like the application it would have. And so everything was whatever, whatever some... 83. Wow. I didn't realize the internet. Yeah, it was, what? But it was like not widely, uh, obviously uh, uh, not everybody right. could use it. Because uh, I remember in 1996, my dad, when we moved to the States in 96, I think 98, we bought our first home computer and that was like five grand or something like that. Something ridiculous. So not even a lot of people had access Nobody, to that. Nobody, yeah. So it took a while for it to get out, running off the ground. But so, so I think before that, before, you know, even the 90s, whatever people said, you believed well I mean, i'm sure you kind of you know deciphered a little bit here and there but for the most part or whatever they already believed let's say or you know coming from their previous generation of right. whether it's uh, religious uh, beliefs or whether it's a uh, scientific beliefs or what's uh, in culture biological things you had no access to it. You had, so you really didn't know. And everything was word of mouth. Everything was word of mouth. So what ended up happening is with the power of the internet and then access to the internet and then sharing information. And then as technology evolved where they were able to use certain technology to study uh, human behavior, especially, especially uh, uh, brain imaging. So right now, right. again, in the book, he was talking about um, the highs that people are getting 
in um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I know I'm segueing a little bit, but the highs that people are getting from the psychedelic experiences that are like a physically induced ones where it's like a hot, uh, you know, you're in a, you know, you're dehydrated and you go into this like psychedelic thing, like, mm-hmm. like yoga or something like that, or you hyperventilate or you're in a, uh, in fact, he was talking about EDM concerts, you know, where there's like EDM music, you know, yeah. techno. He, he was saying that's a state of, of, of high that they're getting into. It's small, but it is still. It's an, yeah, enough. But he was also talking about the people who are experiencing those highs, right, in those induced environments um, and even the hyper, like, uh, charismatic settings. He says it's your right temporal b- uh, lobe that blurs uh, the, hmm. uh, the, Im- the, the receptors that are coming in and what ends up happening is so the same way as you like close your eyes and you you touch the edge of the table and you know your proximity of the hand to the table, right? You know where your hand starts and the table ends, right? Mm-hmm. And so the right temple lobe is uh, when it's either uh, there is a, like a high hyper whatever euphoric experience or that part of the brain is damaged. It blurs the 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 right temporal lobe and when it's blurred it creates a sense of well i'm one with the thing just the same way as your leg is one with you i am one with this experience so that's what they said when these people have these these uh euphoric experiences they're always saying the same thing as i felt one with everything Hmm. and so it's again where am i going with this is because in only in the last decade we they created uh the technology to be able to study, to create medical images of that brain when people are having those uh, experiences. So now, not only are they studying it, but also they're publishing it online, either through podcasts or through, you know, peer review studies that you can read. And so now we're receiving that information and then we're questioning certain things. We didn't have that before. So I think you're absolutely right. There was no questioning back in the day, even in just until recently, I feel like people didn't question until more and more evidence came out about certain things. And you are able to read way more on the Internet than you ever have. In um, in 1990, I want to say. You're bad with dates. No, I'm I'm bad. I think even in the earlier 2000s, they just came out with this thing where they learned that plants share this uh, microbial fungus that grows in the roots. Mm, and yummy. and so you have let's say two trees and they're let's say five ten feet apart and the roots go into the ground well obviously the roots you know cross but their roots also have also their own uh microbial pathways uh, they're called myo something i don't remember but those little microbial fungus things they intertwine like little little nets and what and they they learned the study through like an x-ray thing where if you they took a thing where they covered one of the trees with uh, it was a small little tree plant with like uh, a dome, uh, a airtight sealed dome, and injected nuclear gases into it. And the other was, you know, in a healthy environment. Here, they saw underneath the imaging be- behind the uh, underneath the soil that the plant mm. that was receiving this toxic uh, gases was actually sending its <laughs> own nutrients to the healthy plant out there to almost saying this is my like save yourself take all my energy wow and they did that only in the last like 15 years or 20 years sorry right because the technology came out and so i think that's why i'm so fascinated about reading all these books it's not that i'm going on this like weird path but i think it's just the information and the fact that information is out there and it's testable it's it's it, that's the part that's fascinating to me and there's so much yeah to be able to know and to and human question opti- i guess and going back to like human optimization whether it's like meditation or intermittent fasting or working out or eating healthy all that stuff is like when you can figure out that you could be a better version of yourself i think and it's all completely accessible for you because of the information era that we're in mm-hmm. so wild it's wild. It's absolutely it's wild. wild. And it excites me. It excites me to, when I learn about these things, it excites me to find out, like, what else can I do to become better, whether it's my, my, my work or uh, as, a, as a human being, as, a, you know, a, a, a person that has a family that they're raising and instilling to them. Like, that's a... Right. That's my motivating factor, you know? I Well, that's what I... Exactly, 100%. I feel like because there's more of an awareness now, people are 
like, okay, if I can change this part of my life, how much better can like my other parts of my life be by, you know, optimizing myself in those areas? Yeah. So I feel like I'm seeing that at least a little bit. I remember talking to my mom a couple of years ago about, cause she kept, ever since I've been like little, she, whenever, whether it's the short temper, my dad's short temper or the way, you know, she is. I remember her always saying like, well, that's just the way that I am and people can't change. And she used to say that all the time to me. I've heard that. Yeah. And she's it's like, definitely a, like a, that generational yeah. Yeah. mindset. I remember my dad always being stubborn and my mom, like she would make me go apologize to him for everything. And she's like, that's just the way he is. And people don't change. And, and then people I do change. I was like, no, but you can change. It's completely up to you. Like you could read, you know, books of, of, of and practices to learn how to be better and how mm -hmm. to change. You don't have to just say, well, this is this just is how, I, how am. I am. So I think we also see that in people who live certain kind of lifestyles. I think everybody wants to feel better, but they just go, ah, uh, this is just how it is and it has to be. And that's you, nothing can happen. But the reality is, is like, so be, besides like learning all these um, things because of, uh, you know, just advancement in technology and the studies that they're doing, I've, I also love learning about history because the more I learn about history, whether it's the Romans, whether it's, you know, um, the, the American Revolution or the early 19th century, the more I learn about that civilization, the more I realized how, like, how limited and how small our life is. And the fact that you only have one shot at this thing and that is done. Doesn't right. matter your religious beliefs or whatever, because some religious beliefs say like this is just your, this is not important. What's happened? What's important is after this. Every, every like there's people like Marcus Aurelius, you know, during the, the 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 Roman Empire, he lost seven kids before you know having a, a child, and so like that was part of life, and so if the same applies to us here now, you have this like one shot of this thing, and you have an ability that generations and cultures before us didn't have where we now have a pretty good grip on diseases that you're not afraid to just go get yourself cut on your leg and then have an infection take your life that's what everybody had to have go through in, mm -hmm. in, in the generations before us versus now normal life expectancy used to be uh like 77 for men or something like a 75 or 77 but now you have an ability to either make that the greatest 75 77 or even longer Mm -hmm. Like Tim Kennedy is a great example. He's a former uh, 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 a Green Beret, Special Forces, and he's jacked. He's 50, I think, two, and he's jacked, ripped, huge muscle, crazy amount of en energy, uh, just always brags about it. And he got a great point. He said, he's like, do you remember when uh, – he wasn't talking to me. He's obviously talking Personally, to me. Personally, <laughs> yeah. hey, Alex, yeah, do you like, remember? He's like, so, But he was saying, remember when we were kids and when you hear somebody's 50, you thought they're old. old. But now you look at a 50-year-old guy, you're like, yo, you're that's like the new 40, you know, or the new I 30. I used to think 30 was old. Yeah. I remember looking at my mom and being like, you're so old. I never want to be 30. So the uh, with, I'm 30. Oh, my gosh. Three. I, you know, it's funny. You, you'll go like – I remember thinking, oh, one day when I'm 30, it's like, man – like I'll definitely be like an adult at that point. You I know. know. Sometimes I still feel and like now I'm like, am I allowed to I have know. this house? <laughs> <laughs> I in my head, I remember my mom always telling me this. She's like, I'm thirty, whatever. At that time, it was like in her mid thirties. She'd be like, but in my head, I'm still like twenty. 22 23 and Is i'm like i feel injury? that same no it's just like sometimes you're walking down the street and you're yeah. like you see a young person and you almost feel like you're that young yes and then you look at your body and then you go i'm not but i think that's the most important part is if you can feel if you feel inside i my i feel like my parents are like couple of decades ahead mentally you know what i mean and they're the way they, they feel, feel older not yeah. not because everything is broken down on their body but because there's just people out there who they don't you know, and I'm not throwing them under the bus or anything, but there's a lot of people, there's a lot of 30 year olds that I know who they're not interested in anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when something aches, it's just aches and they'll just take a pill for it and they're not changing anything versus you'll meet a, you know, a, a 70 year old person and they're golfing here and then they're traveling there yeah, and then they're, like, they're, they picked up, you know, the, the, the banjo and like all these things. <laughs> the banjo. The, hey, don't knock on the banjo. <laughs> 
that's they're golfing they're traveling yeah. and they picked up the banjo that yeah. is I just quite the trifecta i just described my secret <laughs> secret desires of is that, retirement is that what you want to that's do my secret life that i would like to have one day i love it and so i think that's the person has that's that's useful and not yeah. to mention going back to it again jeez i love i love the fact that they're coming out with all this stuff like they're now and you've heard david sinclair uh, well, you first heard you were not David Sinclair already yet. You're you just got onto Huberman, uh, yes, uh, Doctor Huberman stuff, which uh, that's where you learned about the chemicals. Not chem- what, what did you learn? You about intermittent fasting with him, or did you learn about fasting, sleeping, ice baths, um, ice baths, sauna, just optimizing your body? Which you know, what's funny the sauna and ice bath thing have been such. Uh, uh, There's a big trend for it lately. Right. But it's such a generational thing in cultures like the Russian culture, Ukrainian culture, oh, Slavic yeah. it's culture. It's always been around. It, we were kids and then our parents and their parents. Sauna was such a big deal. It was such a big deal and it was such a cultural thing. And it was done so religiously and people did live longer, but they never had a way to study their, re- their response to a sauna and ice bath in a prolonged period of time. There was no mm-hmm. measuring rod. They just said that, well, we all did it. We liked it. It feels great. And it turns yeah. out just some people just did live longer. Yeah. But now because of the evol- evolution of technology, they're able to measure those heat shock proteins that yeah. are building in your body to actually say, hey, there's a positive benefit of it. Yeah. And they'll say, and they'll actually even give it a detail of at one point, does it actually take effect? Not that you're in there for five minutes at 150 degrees. No, no, they're seeing that it has to be at least 20 minutes. It has right. to be at least 185 degrees. There, we're actually seeing these results take place in your body. Do you think like all of the Russian um, culture people like older than us are going, told you so? Not on that. <laughs> when they're hearing about all this sauna stuff and they're like, we've been doing this for years. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure if you present For them, like, it was sauna and then jumping in the snow. For yeah. us, it's the ice baths. Yeah. Although jumping in the snow is fun, too. Or cold plunge, whatever. The um, Now my dad's generation, but the generation before that. Do you think, wait before you go uh-huh. on, do you think the next step in this sauna slash ice bath cold plunge scenario that's really trendy right now mm-hmm. do you think the next step is going to be whacking with brooms the, 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 the broom the leaves the leaves, <laughs> the leaves. I, uh, I love I heard somebody say something they said oh you got to do this to get the toxins out of your body <laughs> or it's, it's something they did it's like oh this gets rid of the toxins and then the other person countered with like name me one toxin if you can <laughs> name me one, one toxin, toxin I'll listen to but but if you don't throw the word toxins like, around, yeah like a generalization yeah that that becomes like a very like a hippie thing it's like it gets you yeah, gets all that's the bad all the word and mouth stuff it's yeah it's the toxins yeah I don't know if they're going to be hitting <laughs> to their branches to be completely honest with you unless they study it and seeing what the branches oh, part good. does it's good it's just lots of a nostalgic nostalgic thing. moments i like it. i like this period of time man i really mm-hmm. do I'm, I'm curious to find out where it goes next because i think mm-hmm. after that what it's really going to introduce more and more to like chemical uh alterations so like right now they're working on crispr right now are you familiar with crispr Mm-mm. so crispr has been developed i think in china do you mean like air frying no CRISPR? not crispr <laughs> so crispr is like a genetic manipulation that they're working on right mm. now and what they're able to do is they're able to identify uh, through your DNA, um, potential of, of of bad chromosomes that will be passed on to your children. So interesting. Uh, under that, and I don't know, like, is it is it like is it? I'm assuming it's like an in vitro thing where it's like you take. I was going to say it must have started from like genetic testing. Kind correct. Of stuff. But I'm assuming I don't know exactly how it works, but I think I'm assuming it, it it's like it's an in in vitro implantation of the child of the the pregnancy where they're able to identify the chromosomes. And the chromosomes are, the DNA strands are like uh, T, A, C, and something else. I don't remember. But they're just strands, and mm-hmm. they're different combinations of them. Gattaca. But, Have you ever seen Gattaca? Oh, no. It's all about the, like... Um, what is it? Choosing, yeah. like, your what your baby's going to look like, um, how, like, oh, physically what they're going to look like. Interesting. But no, with it's this, an older movie, but it's good. They're able to say, okay, so in this DNA composition, both genetics, uh, we are seeing the uh, the chemical, not the chemical bond, the, the the DNA strand that will that is uh, attributed to autism or mm-hmm. attributed to you know uh, schizophrenia or attributed to uh, you know Parkinson's or something like that, and you could pick and choose whether or not you're going to take that strand or this strand. So interesting. Yeah. So there's like the next level of there was the 
you could choose your gender through in vitro. Right. And now. Right. I think that's going to be like wild. the next thing yeah. of, of Everybody's human be evolution. Super optimized. <laughs> super human. Op- op- yeah. I mean, listen, it's, I think that's where we're headed. And, you know, I don't, I, I don't know if I object to any of it, you know, because to, to me, I think if, if it comes down to having a better, longer life than, you know, painless life, going back to the, the point of how limited our time is. Mm-hmm. So why not, right? Like we're doing stuff right now to make sure that the plastics that we have in our family, it doesn't affect our children's children kind of thing. They're so we switched to glassware and all the ceramics and stuff like that. Mm. By the way, what's the doctor? What's her name? That was Isn't ceramics. It's glass. No, ceramics is glass. Oh, yes, you're right. Um, doctor, we're, if you're kind of questioning, we're talking about there's a, po- a podcast, Dr. Shauna. Shauna. Shauna something. She was on po- Rogan's podcast. Um, she did a study on... Just a quick little synapse. She did a study, a research thing on it's the effects really of good. plastics on the uh, human. Uh, what is it? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's taint. Uh, what? Taint? Well, that's the whole thing. Is like they're seeing a correlation of the consumption of plastics. It's decreasing sperm counts in males, and the whole thing that that measures uh, fertility, I guess, is the taint sizes. Where they're saying is like, uh, tell everybody what. That means the taint is uh, the part. Shanna or Shauna? Shanna uh-huh. Swan? Shauna Swan, yeah, I think. Anywho, but she's basically breaking the signs down of how consumption of plastics is basically going to wipe out uh, fertility in the future. Yeah, particularly in men, right? I think men and women. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because it leads to correct um, miscarriage in women and infertility in men. So I think that's kind of going Lower back to where, count, yeah. where y- if you can do something to Even have the a smallest healthier, change, yeah. I think that's at the most, least for your children. If it's it's too late for us, where they say, reg- listen, the amount of cell phones I put in my cell, <laughs> my pocket, I, I intentionally <laughs> stand close to the microwave just in case just, I didn't the vasectomy didn't get something. <laughs> you ruined yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's it's motivating for me, and I hope more people get motivated from. Knowing that, I think regret. I think one day when your life is over, and when on a okay, good, we're getting real deep. On, on a, well, we're gonna wrap this up, but I think on a good note is like if you lived a long old life, and then you reflect, or that's usually the best case scenario. But the 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 part that I think what I keep hearing is people um, when they're end stage of life and they're older, there's always one thing that's the scariest thing to everybody. It's regret. Mm-hmm. That regret that didn't do something. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's didn't pursue their passions, didn't pursue certain mm-hmm. ideas that they had, um, or uh, regret that they could have prevented something, uh, this from happening or some kind of ailment from happening. So right. I think uh, I think this is... If you, you could know, do everything you can. Yeah, and I mean, we have so much information to know that, you know, detriments on, on the human body from, you know, some of the things that we're putting into it. Stay informed, stay optimized. Boom. You heard it live. <laughs> from Irina. Okay. Okay, Mr. Um Mr. M, what's one thing you're loving this week? I'm loving this book. I'm loving this book. What it's, is it called? It's for called everybody. I, so make sure you I'll, um, I'll give you the exact thing. I I swear I want you to read it next because I, will, I have some finished I have outliers. some ideas uh that I don't want to be like scare you with, but it'd be like, "No, no, listen and you'll hear." So <laughs> You need to ease me into it. Right. So the so the book's called Stealing Fire. Um let me, and it's called Ceiling Fire by Stephen Kotler and Jamie Wheel. Um, and the full... That's what it sounds like. If you want to hear a um, little a So the, and the full, full title is Stealing Fire, How Silicon Valley, the Navy Seals, and Maverick Scientists are Revolutionizing the Way We Live and Work by Stephen Kotler and Jamie Wheel. Great. It's such a good... It's a good book. It's a, I think it's as good as Outliers. Ooh. I'll put that on it. I'll put that on there. Outliers is I'm finished. I'm wrapping it up. Are you so. wrapping it up? Mm-hmm. What are you What are you loving? Um, what am I loving? Right I'm now. loving uh your hot dad summer you, t-shirt. You like uh, that tank? Is that yeah. same as last year? Or different? That's, that's the same one. I think yeah. we're using different material. Which is tell everybody where to find it. This go is, buy it. Go on uh Mr. Build It and Co. Uh, and you can find it there. Or go in my link in bio of any video, <laughs> YouTube description or uh Instagram. It's a good bio. shirt. It's, it's a, nice a good shirt. tank. Wear it more. What are you? What are you loving? I just said week? your tank. Oh, this this tank. That's it. That yeah. was that big of a that deal was, for you. I like it a lot. All right, cool. I appreciate that. I've been staring. Comes at it. Comes in different sizes. 
I will say I am loving, um, just to add on to that, I got this app that is a workout app in which I know they're annoying yeah. and everybody's always talking about some sort of workout app. I did download this one because I saw somebody else. I was influenced. Mm-hmm. And I'm loving it. It's really kicking my butt. And I think I for so long have been working out, just doing what I usually do, which is running and just like lifting some weights, but not sticking to like a specific regimen, I guess. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> is that the right word? Yeah. I've just been kind of like doing you know, you whatever. Don't have, you don't have a structure that you're following. And <clears throat> yeah, I don't have like a flow. Like an, I'm not looking at different exercises and changing it up. I would just do the same thing over. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I was working as hard as I could have because I can barely fit. I sometimes I have to like sit there because they give you, it's kind of like a hit workout. And in between the circuits, they give you 30 seconds. Of resting time. Of rest. Have you done those workouts where like EMOM where it's like yes. every minute on the minute? <sighs> yeah. And then and then there's like challenges. So you have to do, try to do a hundred reps of the same extra, like, um, what is it? Exercise. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. 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 No, I like those. those I can't are- even do like them all, but I try. And so I think. I, I literally feel like jello after those and I love it. That's nice. It's nice when you have stuff like that. Something. Yeah. yeah it's I, called uh, burn burn. Um, actually, I think an influencer created this app, but it's great. Sweet. All right. Do you have a promo code you could use? <laughs> <laughs> um, for is it a free? Off, is it a free app? Uh, no, you pay monthly. It's kind of like the like a yeah. gym membership, but I like it a lot. Is it that much? It's like 20. Oh, okay. Yeah, a month. Okay. I mean, it's not 20, I mean, it's for, for a good app yeah. for something like that. I, to me, it's worth it because I I thought you're going to be like, following. it's $60 a month. Yeah. <laughs> get free one oh, I guess gym memberships, but gym memberships are cheap now. They're like 20 bucks. Are they? they? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember the last time I stepped into a gym. I know. It's been a COVID. I do steroids. Okay. <laughs> That's what I do. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Oh, good sign And up. girls. <laughs> and, 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 and everybody else. Everybody. Who identifies as who, anything else. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, Rate, review, check us out on YouTube. Appreciate you. Bye. Bye.